plans for my crazy day. My packed commute. All those unread emails in my inbox. But I'm getting stronger, faster, and pushing myself further every day. I don't care if I'm not like everyone else. This punching bag is the best way to end my day. <laughs> Fearless is knowing yoga isn't your style. That's the power of the Blue Cross and Blue Shield Federal Employee Program. Learn more about our healthy benefits at fepblue.org slash get more. Welcome back to the Locked On Saints podcast. I'm Nick Underhill. I'm the, the host of the show. I'm also a beat writer for the New Orleans Advocate. And I'm joined today by my beat partner, Joel Erickson. And we're just sitting here on our porch waiting to get let into our car because for some reason after practice today, Joel thought he should open up the car door, toss the keys onto the seat of the car, lock the door, and then shut it. Joel, I, I just I just want to start out by asking you what I mean this is this is this is you know a little unorthodox it's, it's kind of like a trick play and I'm just wondering what the intended result was do you remember that Colts play that fake <laughs> punt against the Patriots yeah yeah this was kind of like that that's that's what happened yeah I mean except the Colts had a better plan. I mean, I'm sure there was something behind it. I just, I'm just really not sure what it was. I, I'm not either, and I'm going to invoke. Uh, this is a very cheap invocation, but I'm going to do it anyway. I'm going to invoke being a new dad that my brain's all screwed up from being a new dad. I mean, I, I guess we got to go with that. That's that's because I have no other explanation for you. All right. Well, anyways, we, we got two more days up here. We're finally, we're finally going to get out of the hills of West Virginia. That's two more days for me to lock the keys. <laughs> so i'm curious you, you just got up here as you mentioned you just had the kid and everything and, and you had to take care of you know life responsibilities is there anything that that stood out to you after you know it's just been two practices but anything that's standing out danelle ellerby running up running with receivers and tight ends up the seam really stuck out to me i mean he was he was good in coverage last year but it was more in short areas um the fact that he's, you know, the first day I was here, he ran with Willie Sneed up the seam underneath him. He wasn't running step for step with him, but he ran underneath him and broke up the pass. And that's just something you don't see from linebackers, you know, in the NFL, especially older linebackers in the NFL. So he, he must be feeling pretty healthy right now. That, that's the first thing that, that jumped to my mind. The other thing is today uh, I've seen everybody tweeting about Tommy Lee Lewis, but, man, he makes a lot of catches. And tough catches, too. He's interesting to me because I've been saying this on my media tour today, but I'm going to say it again. <laughs> He's interesting to me because you look at you look at Sean Payton's history and he, he falls in love with, like, certain concepts and everything. And uh, we saw how many times Joe Morgan was here. Like, Joe Morgan could have done virtually anything and he would have got, like, a seventh chance with the Saints. They kept bringing him back. And some of the things Joe did well is he had the ball when he had the ball in his hands, he could make things happen and he could get deep. And Sean loves that jet sweep 
doesn't work at all with Brandon Cooks. Tommy Lee Lewis in that preseason game takes one, hits a two-point conversion. And I think some of those things could help him, but I think for me it's going to come down to the return game. And Marcus Murphy has looked good, but he muffed that punt. And if he continues to put the ball on the ground, I think it could be hard for him to continue to hold on to that spot. Murphy's the best pure returner. No doubt. Like, if if you take out catching the ball, which is important, but if you take out just return ability, Murphy's the best pure returner, and I don't think it's – I don't think there's really that much of a battle there, but you're right. Like you, you, everybody knows in the NFL you can't drop punts, and he dropped punts last year. Um, so his muff against the Patriots was a big deal. I think uh, he's played better as a running back, which helps him. Mm-hmm. But he still probably has he still probably has to make this team with some return in there, right? Yeah, I think so. I mean, because that running back competition is so deep. That I think if he if he isn't the return man, I, I think it gets hard for him to justify his spot. Even though he's been better as a runner, I think he has to lock it down one way or another in that return game. Well, we're gonna take a pause here. It looks like our enterprise driver is is coming up, so we'll be right back. All right, so we got our car open now. That's big. That's real big. Hopefully, we don't get dinged when we go to return it. And I have no idea what we were talking about. So let's just shift gears here. All right, so we've been up here. Everybody that's been up here, it's kind of been the Michael Thomas show. You got a taste of it Thursday night, preseason game. Another taste today when when Thomas made that one-handed catch. What do you think is a reasonable expectation for him in his first year here? You said reasonable, so... Well, give me the unreasonable and the reasonable. Well, the unreasonable is that he does what OBJ did a couple years ago. Yeah, like, that's probably not going to happen. I know, but that's when when guys have a lot of highlights, that's what, as a fan, that's what you want to have happen. So right. you just sort of expect it. Uh, probably a more reasonable, a real good rookie year for, from him is somewhere like 55 to 60 catches, seven 800 yards, Seven, six or seven touchdowns. I, I think that that's probably reasonable. The, the one thing that I think could help him in that Brandon Cooks two years ago, the rookie year, it was kind of like a disappointment, 550 yards through 10 games, just because he had similar camp hype. I think the one thing that might help Michael Thomas is that he has better weapons and better players to take pressure off of him. Like, like if you're a DC, you're thinking, okay, I got to double Cooks. Might have to put safety help on Fleener. And then Thomas is like the third or fourth option in the offense. And you got Willie Sneed, too, who, who could benefit as well from some of these other guys. But I think I think you're probably right. Eight, 800 yards, 900 yards, maybe maybe 10 touchdowns if he becomes that red zone target they didn't have. And I think that would be a great year for him. He could that's, exceed that. That's close to the rookie of the year, honestly. Yeah, it really is. If you, if you if you had 10 touchdowns, you're in the rookie of the year discussion right there. Yeah, I, and I think maybe with 10 touchdowns, when someone has 10 touchdowns, like you assume more than seven 800 yards. But I, I think that the, those issues I had in the red zone without the big target and all that stuff inside the, the five-yard line, I think if there's going to be a throw-it-up-and-go-get-it guy when everything else breaks down, it's probably him. I don't see Fleener as that guy. I don't see Coleman as that guy. And I think we already saw like a touch of like, hey, let's just put it up there and see what he does on those two catches in the preseason game with, with Grayson. Mm-hmm. Yeah, Grayson's clearly got a lot of confidence in him. Um, and Grayson is has done a little bit. This is a little bit of a tangent, but 
Grayson's starting to do a little bit of the stuff that Drew does where he throws it to a spot where the receiver has to make an incredible catch, sort of expecting that it could happen. Because the throw today in practice, that's the hard one. You guys, everyone obviously saw the ones in the preseason game. But the throw today in practice, uh, Thomas was running a half step in front of a defensive back who had good position and basically was taking away the inside ball over the shoulder on the sideline. So he threw it towards the outside of his shoulder where Thomas could make a one-handed catch and did a freakishly good one-handed catch. So it's kind of neat to see Grayson doing a little bit of that stuff, especially down the field. Last year in camp, so much of what he did was check downs and, mm-hmm. and mid-level stuff. So him taking some chances down the field and throwing the ball not just to receiver but to a certain spot on the receiver is encouraging. That pass was incredible. It was very good. It was very good. And, and we, we, we like to sit next to Bobby Aber in practice, and we tend to check him on stuff like that. You know, ask Bobby, Bobby, how was that throw? And he liked it too. I, I think Grayson has gotten a little bit better since last year. As you mentioned, it was checked on City. Wasn't very comfortable. You could tell he wasn't comfortable. I see him getting more comfortable. He's making the throws that you mentioned. And one of the things he did in the preseason game, which he wouldn't have done last year on one of those throws to Thomas, he looked off him manipulated the safety. I believe it was Devin McCourty or Duran Harmon. Both of them are very good. He was able to fool him, get his guy a step, put the throw up. Those are just things he didn't do last year when his head was spinning. He didn't understand the offense. And I, I don't know if he's in a position to, to take on Luke McCown. I'm not saying all that, but I, I think he has gotten better. Yeah, I think it's clear. I think it's clear that he's gotten – He last year's last year's Garrett Grayson, I don't think throws goes – I think he went seven of eight after the pick. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, don't, I don't think you can see last year's Garrett Grayson doing it. You you still see some hesitation. It, it's there's still sometimes you almost feel like he's uh, he knows where the ball needs to go, but he just wants to make sure before he lets it go. And that little half moment is a little bit like just a little bit later than you want it. But he's he's still a very young quarterback. And um, when he throws and it's in the first half of the field, like his first or second progression. Really good. Yeah. When he starts getting to like the third or fourth, you see things kind of speed up for him, and that that's when he makes mistakes or throws a ball while he's falling down, like he thinks he's Drew Brees, and that's not smart for Drew either. But Grayson definitely shouldn't be taking those chances. But I, I think he needs a little more seasoning. But I see things to be encouraged with, and I don't really know how fast this guy is supposed to develop because he's a developmental player. I don't know if we're supposed to give him two years, three years. I really don't know what it is, but it seems like he, he's – if there's a track, it seems like he should be on the right track. Yeah, it's, it's, it's really difficult with young quarterbacks, especially young quarterbacks in his position because most rookie quarterbacks that come in get tossed into the fire and then, you know, basically what everyone expects them to be is either a star or a bust. That's the only two options that people give people. Yeah, you can't get better. Yeah. So – but the thing is, Grayson's in a different situation where he's got – Drew Brees in front of him he's got somebody to learn under so he's got some more time what Grayson's doing right now is really more like what quarterbacks did 20 30 years ago where they got drafted and usually sat for a while before it was that long ago it was that long ago damn I mean other than Aaron Rodgers I can't think of another starter that got just taught that that didn't just get tossed in pretty quick Goff, too. You see Goff struggling, too, and he's the number one pick. So I don't think it's abnormal. I think the guys that come in and 
like a Jameis Winston is more abnormal than probably somebody having shot. I mean, there's only so many like world class quarterbacks coming out of college, and then the rest are kind of, you know, you take your shot. They got to get better. And Brock Osweiler, yeah, maybe he might be the best comparison for what Grayson's doing now. Actually, got to sit and develop. He was a third round pick though, too, right? Right. Right, but that, but but you look at like you look at some of the greats' careers, some of like the all-time greats' careers going back, and unfortunately they're all escaping me right now. But a lot of times those guys were brought in and they sat for a couple years. Yeah, I just can't believe it. It's been that long since. Oh, it's been a very long. I'm I mean, getting old. I'm trying to think of draft picks who didn't get thrown into the fire right away and got some time to develop, and I, nothing's coming to my head. Maybe maybe the podcast listeners will think of four and make us look dumb, but. Mention us and, and let us know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, the last thing I want to ask you about is uh, again, you're, you're getting the first look at the defense Thursday night. I, I thought the starters played well. I'm sure back home, like everybody else back home, you heard all the hype. What are your first impressions? I really like James Laronitis. The first, he he ends up in. Spot. I I knew you'd be a James guy. Well, yeah, I was I was predisposed to be a James guy, but like. He just there were just a, there were two or three runs with the with the Patriots first team where he just kind of appeared where the running back ended up and that's that's what you really want out of your middle linebacker. You want your middle linebacker to just somehow show up in, in the hole. And I know I know there was a lot of talk about him missing a sack. Who cares about the missed sack or whatever? Like they still got it. They still got it. But they didn't have somebody who was always in the right spot in the run game. In the middle, Stephon Anthony's very good, but he he had some trouble with identification last year. No doubt. One of the big things that stood out to me in, in terms of the run defense is I thought the defensive line did a better job of keeping linemen off the linebackers, and that gave James the opportunity to do that. And I, I thought Craig Robertson had a couple of run stuffs, Nate Stupar, and I think that was the biggest difference last year. Is even if they would have had Laronitis, I don't know if he how many opportunities he'd have to make those kind of plays because there'd be somebody right up on them. And I think that's where you see Tyler Davison kind of making a major impact. There were a couple of plays where he took out two blockers and it just opened up that gap for, for the running back to shoot it or for the linebacker to shoot it and, and get the running back. So I think that 4.9 yards per carry last year was probably one of the underrated major issues of the defense. We kind of talked about some of the other things, the secondary weak side linebackers not covering well, but I mean, if they can get better at that, I, that, that that's an easy way, not an easy way, but if if this holds true, what we saw in the first preseason game, that that's a way out of the basement for them is just getting better against the run. Yeah, and this upcoming game against the Texans will be a very different type of look because the Texans don't have, you know, they don't necessarily. I guess Osweiler and Garoppolo, maybe you can get get some kind of comparison there, but I don't think that the Texans lost Ben Jones. Uh, the center who who gave them tr- gave the Saints trouble last year. They lost an- another interior player. The, the Texans line isn't as established inside. All right. Well, that'll be interesting to watch. Uh, we got to get out of here. We we, we got to eat dinner at some point tonight. It's like coming up on nine o'clock. So <laughs> we got to take care of that. We got to get out of here. Uh, we'll be back tomorrow.